Acts chapter 12 this morning. Acts chapter 12, if you can find your place there. I mentioned this morning that I know when I was in high school and I'd uh, walk into the classroom and not see the teacher there, but see a substitute teacher standing in there, I know we were going to have a good day. (laughs) But you know, they would never tell you in advance when the teacher wasn't going to be out because they knew that you'd probably plan and scheme or miss class or whatever. So obviously, Pastor's not here today. Uh, He's asked me to to fill in for him. So I do want to read something from here from uh, the Walkers, Mrs. Uh, Twyla and Mark Walker. It says, uh, Mark and I really enjoy reading your newsletters. It's so wonderful to see how God is blessing the printing ministry of Liberty Baptist Tabernacle. May the word of God continue to be printed and distributed all over the world. God bless you all. You're such an encouragement to us. And they sent a generous love offering for the print ministry. And I just wanted to take this time as well to thank those that are involved with the printing press, uh, those uh, that are here that have uh, been serving there for decades, uh, many, many years that you guys have been faithful I don't want to start calling out names, uh, but uh, you know who you are. And I just want to thank you not only for your faithful service uh, there to the print shop, uh, but also those that give uh, financially, uh, give of your resources and give of your time. Uh, We can't do it without you. Uh, We need you. Uh, We thank you. And uh, God's word is going to continue to go forth. Amen. And uh, and this this little uh, print shop here in Rapid City, South Dakota, we've reached over 6 million, uh, reprinted over 6 million John Romans, probably reached twice as many people. Um, But uh, praise the Lord for his goodness and his provision for this ministry. Amen. And thank you uh, for what you do as well. So Acts chapter 12, uh, I also want to take this opportunity uh, just to encourage us to pray for our pastor. Uh, He's obviously on some much needed uh, downtime right now with his family. Uh, He puts in a lot of time to feed us the Word of God, studying the Word of God, giving us solid messages each and every week. And I know I'm thankful for that, thankful for a pastor who will put time in and not just uh, take something off the internet or, uh, you know, something real quick. He he puts time into his messages, and it's evident. And uh, I know I'm thankful for that. He spends time counseling and visiting with folks as well. Uh, So he's busy. Uh, He's real busy, and uh, this is a much-needed downtime for him and his family. So just uh, remember him and his family in prayer, that the Lord would just give him a refreshing time and uh, time to just kind of get his focus on uh, on the church and uh, the direction that uh, the Lord wants us uh, to go. So I just wanted to mention that to you this morning as well. Uh, But uh, during my uh, devotions uh, a couple weeks ago, um, I was in Acts chapter 12, and um, I made a note to... Uh, come back to this chapter because I know there's some good nuggets in there and I wanted to study it out a little bit more and uh, made a note to do that. And uh, it was a couple days after I made that note that Pastor Brooks said, hey, I'm going to be out of town. Uh, Do you want to uh, cover the service for me in the morning? Uh, So uh, I said, sure. And uh, so I started studying Acts chapter 12 a little bit sooner than I had originally anticipated. Uh, So I trust that uh, what the Lord gave me uh, uh, for you this morning would be a help and an encouragement to you as we get into the message this morning. Uh, but the, uh, the backdrop or the context, if you will, of Acts chapter 12 here is that the church was being persecuted and Christians are being killed. We see apostles being brought before councils of religious rulers and uh, uh, leaders of the times, many, many times imprisoned and persecuted uh, for preaching Christ. But each time we see that they're either let go or let out of prison, uh, they went on to speak the word of God more boldly more boldly, more boldly did they go forward, and more people were reached with the gospel. After Stephen was stoned to death for his faith in chapter 7, and then in Acts chapter 8 and verse 3, we read that Saul made havoc of the church 
entering into every house and putting them into prison. So we see the persecution going on here uh, against the church, and this caused Christians to scatter abroad. Uh, They scattered abroad during that time there. But the byproduct or the end result of this persecution, again, we see a strengthening of the Word of God. Uh, Whenever there is persecution, we see the the opposite side of that. There is a strengthening going forth uh, of the Word of God. In fact, we see Saul, who was the very one doing some of the persecuting, uh, he gets converted. He gets converted there and uh, goes on to do great things for the Lord, uh, becomes Paul. And uh, those Christians that were scattered abroad because of their persecution, did they just kind of cower in fear? Did they just kind of go away? Did they just uh, just denounce their faith? No, they didn't. Uh, Here in Acts chapter 8 and verse 4, it says they went everywhere preaching the word. So we think you can see a pattern developing here that though there was persecution, there was still a furthering of the gospel. The gospel still went forward. Now here in chapter 12, we see James, brother of John, he's killed by King Herod for following Christ. Uh, Chapter 12 and verse 2 uh, states that uh, King Herod killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. King Herod was an evil man. Uh, He came from a rotten family tree, if you will. Uh, No no good fruit came from the Herod family there. Uh, So after he kills uh, James, he uh, apprehends Peter and he wants to kill Peter next. So King Herod uh, was, uh, was obviously evil. Uh, But no doubt, uh, James and Peter were both effective servants for for the Lord. Uh, Yet James was the one who was killed, and Peter was was left, uh, at least at this moment, to live live on for another day. So why is that? Uh, Why are some spared and and others taken? Uh, Some people that maybe you you think shouldn't be on this earth, they're left, and people that that you believe should be here, and, you know, Lord, why'd you take this person? You know, why does this happen? Well, the reason here is simple. Uh, James finished his course. He finished what God had planned for him to do. He, he was done. Uh, the Lord had a plan and purpose for him. He was faithful to that purpose. It was time for him to go home. Uh, but he wasn't done with Peter yet. He wasn't done with Peter. The Lord still had a plan and purpose for Peter. So he spared Peter's life in order for that plan and purpose to be accomplished. And you know, God has a specific plan and purpose for each of us here today. Each of us here today, God has something very special, very unique, that only he wants you to accomplish Not so that you can say, hey, look at me, but that's so the glory can be given back to him. And he wants to do something special in your life. Pastor Brooks mentioned a couple Sundays ago uh, during one of his messages, he said, you were created on purpose for a purpose. And that was a good good quote that I noted down there. Uh, Something to remember, we're created on purpose. There's no accident. No accident you're here today. No accident God has you right here where you're at at Liberty Baptist Tabernacle. And he's got something for you to do. Do you know what that is? Do you know what that is uh, for your life? Are you asking God what that is? And if you know what that is, are you doing what God has asked you to do? Is there a call in your life that he's placed on your heart? And you know he wants you to be doing something for him or be serving him in some way. Are you doing it? Are you being faithful uh, to that call? We may not understand why things work out the way they do, but uh, we do need to have that perfect peace, that perfect peace that comes from knowing Christ, knowing his will, being in the center of it. Let's pick it up here in Acts chapter 12, starting in verse 4. Uh, James already has been killed for his faith, as we mentioned there in verse 2. And Peter is next in the king's crosshairs, uh, but he's put in the prison first. So Acts chapter 4 says this, and when, or chapter 12 verse 4 says this, And when he had apprehended him, talking about Peter, uh, he put him in prison and delivered him to four quaternions of soldiers to keep him, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Peter therefore was kept in prison. But prayer 
uh, was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. And when Herod would have brought him forth the same night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and the keepers before the door kept the prison. So it was locked up pretty tight there. There was no way he was going to get out. Continuing on here, it says, And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and a light shined in the prison. And he smote Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise quickly. And his chains fell off from his hands. And the angel said unto him, Gird thyself and bind on thy sandals. And so he did. And he saith unto him, Cast thy garments about thee and follow me. Drop down to verse 24. The Bible says, But the word of God grew and multiplied. Again, we see a propagation of the gospel. Uh, Even though there is persecution, the word of God still continued to go out. Amen? Let's pray. Lord God, we do thank you for the truth of your word. We thank you, Lord, for uh, that you you can't be stopped. You can't be held back. Uh, Lord, your word will continue to go forth. Lord, you always win. And I thank you, Father, for the victory that we have in Christ. Thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you, Lord, that you've put me here uh, today to speak the message that you put on my heart. I pray, Lord, that you'd be with each one here, that they would realize their purpose that you have for them. And, Lord, that you would get the glory and honor for all that's said and done here in and through Liberty Baptist Tabernacle. We love you, Lord, and ask for your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Many things that jumped out at me during uh, my study of uh, chapter 12 here as I began to dig into the study. But I want to highlight four thoughts to you this morning and the time that we have together, and I'll make some application as we go along here this morning. Uh, First is the obvious uh, we see here that there is a, a, a prevalent persecution going on during this time, a prevalent persecution. Christians have been uh, persecuted pretty much from the beginning, uh, and uh, there are many, many examples throughout the Bible of Christians dying for their faith. Uh, here in chapter 12, we see persecutions continuing with King Herod. And King Herod, you remember, you may remember, is the grandson of, uh, of uh, Herod the Great. And Herod the Great was uh, the ruler who didn't fear God and didn't have any regard for human life. Uh, he was the one that, uh, that issued the order that all male babies two years and younger uh, there in uh, Bethlehem should be slaughtered. And that was back in uh, Matthew uh, 2.16. So there was an obvious attempt to thwart God's plan of having his son die for our sins, right? But aren't you glad that God was with Christ right from the beginning? And he, his plan, uh, Herod's plan, was not even, not even able to succeed. It was destined to fail right from the very beginning. But up to this point in Acts chapter 12, most of the persecution was coming from the religious rulers of the day. Uh, Many of the references we see at the high priest, chief priest, or the uh, Sadducees were doing the persecuting during this time. But now we begin to see persecution on a different level. Now we begin to see persecution coming from within the government. Does that sound familiar to anybody? Acts 12.1 says that the king, the leader of the land there, stretched forth uh, his hands to vex certain of the church. A vex means to displease, to upset, or to aggravate. King Herod was certainly aggravating the Christians of the time, wasn't he? Uh, spoiling their houses, imprisoning them, uh, fining them, and now killing them. Basically doing all that he could to silence the word of God. But the more that they were threatened, the more that they were persecuted, the more bold that they became, the more that they proclaimed the truth of Christ, and the more people got saved. Acts chapter 4 and verse 4 says, As many as heard uh, the word believed, and the number of men was about 5,000. So my thought uh, for this first point is that we too are seeing a prevalent persecution in our day, aren't we, uh, with our local government uh, or our local governments around the country. Praise the Lord for our governor. Uh, we're fortunate to live where we live here in South Dakota, amen. 
But around the country, it's not so. Uh, we're, uh, we're being vexed, if you will, uh, threatening our religious liberty and trying to silence the Word of God, not to the point of death yet, uh, but it may get to that point uh, here. You, you never know. But the hypocrisy during this COVID-19 pandemic makes it clear that churches are certainly being singled out. Persecution started out small. Many were displeased. They were upset. They were aggravated that local governments were allowing bars to stay open and allowing those kind of places, liquor stores to be open. But they wanted churches closed. There was hypocrisy there. There was a targeting there. Then church members and pastors were being arrested for peaceably attending a church service while the rioters and looters were continuing to go on and continuing to cause dismay and havoc and all that with really little consequence from the authorities. You know, this prevalent persecution in our day is that the government is trying to reach in and take away our liberties there, trying to take away our right to assemble, trying to take away those liberties. But I have good news for you this morning. Uh, This has only strengthened our resolve to get the Word of God out. Amen? It's only strengthened our resolve to be more bold to preach the Word of God and to not give in uh, to those that are trying to take away our liberties. The Word of God cannot be silenced. No doubt we're in the last days. And Jesus warned us in Matthew 24, verses 9 and 12, they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you, and you'll be hated by all nations for my name's sake. Verse 12 says, because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. We're seeing a lot of lawlessness across our country today, aren't we? How many Christians are being given a ticket for even, or even sent to jail for simply attending a church service right here in our own country? I didn't plan on the message this way, but it fits into what Pastor Brooks has been preaching in our study in Ephesians and his recent message during God and Country Rally. We must be ready for battle. We must be bold and we must be ready to stand when that persecution comes. And we must heed the words of the Apostle Paul in Ephesians 6, therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. God has not promised to deliver us from our troubles and trials but he has promised to go with us through those troubles and trials and tribulations. All we need to do is keep our focus on him, strengthen our resolve, strengthen our our walk with him, and strengthen our faith and trust. So when that persecution comes, we'll have that strength to stand. Amen? Amen. So not only do we see a prevalent persecution, but secondly, we also see Peter having a perfect peace uh, while he's being persecuted. I love the fact that despite everything going on in Peter's life right now, despite the fact that he knows that he's likely the next one on the chopping block there, the Bible records that the night before he was to be executed, Peter was sleeping. He was at perfect peace. And I don't know if, if I was in that situation with all that, knowing what's coming, uh, if, I, if I would have that perfect peace to just be calm and, and asleep there. But Peter had that perfect peace. Why did he have this perfect peace? Because he walked with God. He walked with God. He knew God, and he knew right where he was. That was the plan and purpose that God had for him. No matter what, he was going to trust him and, and, and follow him throughout. And that's such an example for us as well. Uh, during our challenges, during our trials, during our struggles, during our persecutions, we need to keep walking with God. Just keep that focus on God. Keep walking with him, and he'll see us through. Peter's life was totally and completely in the Lord's hands, and he had confidence knowing that God would take care of him, and he'll take care of us too. We just need to have that faith and have that peace there. 
Uh, we need to get to that place in our lives to have that perfect peace. Even when we're persecuted for our faith and there seems to be no answer or no way out of our situation, we just need to keep our eyes on Christ, keep moving forward, and let him uh, take care of the situation. He's in complete control. We just need to be ready to stand with that whole armor of God on, just ready to fight that battle. When Peter stepped out of the boat onto the water there in Matthew 14, he initially had that perfect peace, didn't he? And what happened once he took his eyes off of Christ? Once he saw the winds and waves boisterous, that's when his, his confidence was shaken. He didn't have that peace anymore because he, he, stopped, he took his eyes off of Christ. And when we keep our eyes on Christ, we'll have that confidence. We can do whatever he wants us to do. So we need to keep looking and stay forward, stay forward focused on what he wants us to do. While in jail, Peter was not focused on those external circumstances, being bound and likely headed for a certain death, but his focus was on Christ. And as he slept between the soldiers there, he wasn't terrified by the danger that he was in. He knew uh, the prison was locked down tighter than ever. He knew that there was no earthly way for him to escape or to be rescued, yet he had perfect peace. And that's kind of what got my attention here. All that was going on around him, he was still able to have perfect peace. He was surrounded by four times as many guards that would be normal for a prisoner in that day. He was even chained to the soldiers so that when he moved, the guards would hear the chains clanking. Maybe they would wake up or, or they'd feel him move and, and he wasn't going anywhere. But Peter didn't let those circumstances dictate his actions or shake his faith. He kept his focus on the Lord and the Lord took care of him. And that's a good reminder for us today too. So I want to ask you, how is your relationship with Christ this morning? How is your relationship with the Lord? Are you content and at peace with maybe some trials and struggles you're going through this morning? Are you letting his will unfold in your life? Are you keeping your eyes on Christ, following him through the persecutions and the challenges? You need to be. That's where your focus needs to be. Be on Christ, not on your circumstances. And although the world around us may seem uncertain with this current pandemic, maybe you feel like you're surrounded by the enemy and You've been chained down to the sin or, or something in your life. Maybe you can't see a way through a certain health situation or a financial crisis. Maybe you feel hopeless and there's no way out. Well, let me encourage you this morning. That's when God wants to show up in your life. That's exactly where God wants you to be uh, because he wants to prove himself mighty in your life. No matter what the issue is, you can get to that place of perfect peace, to that place where Peter was, not by focusing on your external circumstances, but by casting all your cares upon him, by putting on that armor of God and trusting him uh, that he will make a way when there seems to be no way. So not only in this chapter do we see that prevalent persecution and we see the importance of having that perfect peace. So now I'll get a, a triple alliteration point here. <laughs> we see uh, that through Peter's situation, we see the power of persistent prayer, the power of persistent prayer. Maybe the death of James happened so quick that folks didn't have time to pray. Uh, but uh, by Herod putting Peter, uh, by putting his trial off and putting him in jail, a word was able to get out to the church. Uh, that prayer request was able to make it onto the prayer list, if you will. Uh, that uh, group text was able to go out about Peter. Uh, and they were able to get the word out uh, to start praying for Peter. However, they got the message as soon as the church found out about Peter's situation. And Acts 12 verse 5 says that prayer was made without ceasing. Uh, unto the church, or of the church, unto God for him. That's what it means to have fervent prayer. That's what it means to be persistent in prayer. And this should motivate us as a church too, that we need to be persistent in our prayers as well. Not just saying a quick prayer, like maybe before you eat, uh, the old rub-a-dub-dub, -dub, thanks for the grub, let's eat kind of prayer, right? <laughs> 
Those are quick prayers, meaningless prayers, right? If that text comes through about somebody needing prayer, don't delete it. Pray for that person. Pray for that person and and pray for, for God's intervention on their behalf. We don't have to wait until Wednesday night to pray. We don't have to wait until Sunday morning, Sunday night, Sunday afternoon to pray. You can pray wherever you are. You can pray when you're driving, but make sure you keep your eyes open. You can pray when you're cutting the grass. That's what I did yesterday for two hours. I mean, that's where I get some of my best messages and and devotion time is just praying and talking to God when I'm doing things, Uh, when I'm jogging and running, those kinds of things. I mean, you can pray anywhere, anytime. It doesn't have to be a set time, but the main thing is be persistent in prayer. That's what we need to do. You don't have to turn there, but uh, you might recall in verse 12 of Acts 12 uh, that uh, once Peter was freed by the angel, and we'll see that here in a minute, he went to Mary's house uh, where it says many were gathered together praying. And that's a picture of being persistent in prayer. Uh, They prayed once they found out that Peter was in jail. So as soon as they found out, they got to praying. They didn't know he was out of jail, but but, uh, we see here that when he comes to Mary's house, uh, they're still praying. They're praying throughout the night. So Peter knocks on the door and a gal named Rhoda uh, hears him, but she was so excited because she knew Peter's voice. She knew who it was that she didn't even open the door and let him in. She just went back. She wanted to tell everybody, hey, Peter's out. Yep, you can stop praying now. Uh, but, uh, but, she, but they didn't believe her. They thought that she was mad. It says that they thought she was mad and uh, that maybe it wasn't Peter, but that it was his angel. So Peter knocks again. He's continuing to knock saying, hey, I'm out here. Let me in. Someone finally lets him in, and when they see Peter, the Bible says that they were astonished. They were astonished. They were surprised that God had actually answered their prayer. Now, we shouldn't be that way, should we? Prayer works. Persistent prayer works, not just for Peter, but for us as well. And when we pray, we should come to God believing that he will answer our prayers and not be surprised when he does. Hebrews 11.6 says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. Uh, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those or them that diligently seek him. So there is power in persistent prayer. Amen? Amen. Just like in Peter's case here, many times uh, God will show us his power when things are brought down to the wire, so to speak. Uh, when our situation looks bleak, when our situation looks hopeless, uh, after we spend all our resources, after we've done everything that we can do, all the thinking, all the worrying, all the planning, all the scheming and trying to figure things out on our own. When we've done all that we possibly can do and we still don't see results, that's when the Lord steps in. That's where the Lord wants to be. That's where the Lord wants to meet us, right at the end there. And there was a gentleman here last Sunday, I think Mr. Perry uh, mentioned uh, something about uh, his testimony there about running out of gas in his truck and uh, it was cold outside and his situation seemed hopeless. He looked in the fuel tanks and there was nothing in there that he can visibly see. And uh, he cried out to God, and he claimed God's promises, and he was persistent in his prayer, and the Lord made the truck run and got him to that next destination. He couldn't explain it uh, other than God, and he gave God the glory for it, and that's what we need to do. Uh, we need to give God the glory for these things that happen in our lives, and we know there's no way, and we, we can't see a way, but then God steps in, and when God blesses, God's the one who needs to get the glory there. But you know, Herod didn't get that memo. Uh, Herod didn't uh, figure that out. Um, the Bible says here that uh, uh, in Acts 12, 23, once Peter uh, was escaped from the jail, or once the Lord let Peter out of the jail, uh, that's really the only way, the answer for his escape. But Herod uh, didn't give God the glory for that. So 12, 23 says he was eaten of worms and gave up the ghost. Uh, and the reason why God did that, God took him out because God will not share his glory with another. 
He will not share his glory with anyone else. When God, something, when God does something in your life, don't take it on yourself. Don't say, hey, look at me. Look what I did. If you know it's from God, give it to God. That's where it belongs. Amen. But it was when Peter was bound with chains uh, both on both wrists and placed right in the middle of the two soldiers. It was when the prison doors were locked and, and bolted shut and there were four times as many soldiers there keeping watch over him that, uh, so that he wouldn't escape. That's when the Lord shows up. That's when the Lord lets him, uh, lets him out there. Uh, Peter was at such peace that not even the bright light from the angel of the Lord was able to wake him up. I don't know about you, but for me, I need total darkness when I go to sleep. Uh, I need, it needs to be pitch black in there. And uh, when we travel around in our RV, nine times out of 10, when we're, when we're parked in a church parking lot or an RV camp, we're like right under one of those street light poles. And the light just, just blares in there. And I put tinfoil on my windows. I put blackout shades trying to get dark in there. But there's always this one little ray of light coming from somewhere. And it just bothers me and I can never get to sleep. So I don't know if you're sensitive like that uh, to the light. But Peter was out, man. He was out cold. The, the light, the angel of the Lord came there and the light was so bright, but he was still sleeping. He was at such peace that the angel had to nudge him. Says, hey, wake up. Tells him to get up there in Acts 12, 7, to rise up quickly. And we see that his chains fell off from his hands and the angel basically told him to get dressed, put on your sandals and follow him out there in verse 8. The point I want to make here in these verses is that this is also a picture of salvation. This is a picture of salvation right here. Coming to Christ is being set free from the chains of sin. Set free from spending eternity in hell and focusing on the one who paid for our sins, the one who delivered us, following him. And that's what we need to do. Matthew Henry said it this way, the grace of God, like this angel of the Lord, brings light first into the prison by opening up of the understanding, then smites the sleeping sinner on the side by awakening of their conscience then causes the chains to fall off from their hands by the renewing of their will, and then gives the command, gird thyself and follow me. It's a picture of salvation right there. If you're here this morning, if you've never been set free from, from your sin, if you're still carrying those chains of sin around, that bondage of sin, you need to get that taken care of this morning. If you're in a situation that seems helpless and hopeless, the Lord Jesus Christ is the only one who can make the difference. He alone can make those chains fall off. And he wants to do that for you today. He alone can set you free from your sin. All he desires is that you look to him and you trust him with your life. My final thought here this morning is that with all this persecution that we see, uh, uh, that we may have to endure uh, individually, that we've seen throughout the Bible, that we may endure individually as we move forward as a church and, and those kinds of things, the end result will always be a stronger propagation of the gospel stronger propagation of the gospel, a stronger spread of the gospel. Pastor Brooks mentioned during a God and Country rally that things grow spiritually through persecution. Things grow spiritually through persecution. It's true. In our, verses, uh, in our verse in Acts 12, 24, all the persecution during this time with the Christians being imprisoned, stoned, and killed for their faith, the Bible says, but the word of God grew and multiplied. It doesn't say it shrunk. It doesn't say it went into hiding. Right? The Bible says the word of God grew and multiplied. Wherever the gospel was preached, the Bible was multiplied. Multitudes were added to the church. And we see this happening time and time again throughout the book of Acts and beyond. Just a couple of verses over if you want to turn there. Acts chapter 13 and uh, verse 44. Acts 13, 44 through 49 says this. And the next Sabbath day came almost the whole city together to hear the word of God. 
But when the Jews saw the multitudes, they were filled with envy and spake against those things which were spoken by Paul, contradicting and blaspheming. Then Paul and Barnabas waxed bold and said it was necessary that the word of God should first have been spoken to you. But seeing ye put it from you and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, lo, we turn to the Gentiles. For so hath the Lord commanded us, saying, I have set thee to be a light of the Gentiles, that thou shouldest be for salvation unto the ends of the earth. And when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and glorified the word of the Lord. And as many as were ordained to eternal life believed. And in verse 49, and the word of the Lord was published throughout all the region. So again, we see a furthering of the word of God. Uh, as though there was persecution, we still see a furthering of the word of God there. The word of God cannot be silenced, but went further and further and reached more as a result of that persecution. Here at Liberty, we see the Word of God continuing to go forward as well through this pandemic. Uh, many churches had to close their doors, but praise the Lord, we remained open. And we even established the live stream. We wouldn't have uh, done the live stream. I know Pastor wanted to do it before the pandemic, but that just caused us to, to do more. And, uh, and what did that do? That's allowing us to reach hundreds more people than just what's in the sanctuary here every Sunday. We're reaching people in Tennessee, in Pennsylvania, in Michigan, in the Philippines, all around the world, hundreds of people. You look, you look at our live stream uh, our recordings that we have, and there's comments from people all, all over the United States, all around the world. So we're able to do more, even though we're being persecuted. Just that little taste of persecution there during this pandemic uh, kind of tested our mettle, if you will. Uh, but uh, we, never, we never shut the doors of the church, and we continue to do more for the Lord. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. We also never shut down our printing press. We sent thousands of booklets during these, these last couple months even out to Canada, across the United States. We're still printing for Thailand. The Word of God is continuing to be multiplied and printed and sent out even during this pandemic. So the application here is that when persecution comes, God's Word will not be silenced. God's Word cannot be silenced, but will be proclaimed more boldly and sent further and further as we do our part in what He's called us to do. We need to keep moving forward for Christ, folks. We need to keep preaching the gospel, keep printing the word of God, and keep doing our part in propagating the gospel and spreading the truth of the gospel. And praise the Lord for Pastor Brooks and his desire to follow the word of God. He's had some decisions to make over these last couple months uh, that weren't popular, that, um, but he made them. Uh, why? Because he's in the word of God. He's following God's word. He's following God's plan. And God is blessing the church as a result. So praise the Lord for a man of God uh, that's following God and not kowtowing to anything else. So thank the Lord for, for Brother Brooks. Trials and, and persecutions are a part of life. They'll never go away. Uh, but they'll only get worse and worse in these last days. I'm praying I never see the day come when they tell us to shut down that printing press or to close the, the doors of the church. But folks, that day may come. Look how quickly that cancel culture thing just exploded out of control within a matter of two weeks. We see statues that stood tall for decades are being torn down in the blink of an eye. Crazy, crazy. What will, they, what will we do when they formally designate the Bible as hate speech and the government steps in and finds us for every booklet, every page of scripture that's printed, yet they'll still allow ungodly material to be sold in the bookstores? It's just crazy what's happening in our, in our world today. But will we be ready to face that persecution? Will we be ready when, uh, to, when they decide to close the church doors or close down our printing press? We can't meet for services again, can't print the word of God anymore. Will we have that perfect peace like Peter had? Will we be persistent in our prayers and be able to keep pressing on during those times of uncertainty 
and persecution. We need to, folks. We need to not become weary in well-doing because in due season we will reap if we faint not because we know that on the other side of persecution is always what? Always a blessing, always a furthering of the Word of God and always more of an adding to the church. Matthew Henry said it this way, too many Christians today are entangled with the affairs of this world, caught in a net of material interest and diversion. Scripture to many is little more than a reference book for biblical facts. It is seldom opened and rarely relished as the spiritual staff of life that it is. Many souls are anemic and starved for the things of God. They are totally unprepared for a time of crisis. Store these scriptures away so that if your Bible is ever taken from you, you will have the word of God written on the table of your heart. And it's so important, especially today, we see the craziness going on. They can take the book away, but they can't take it out of our heart. And we need to engraft it. It needs to be there. So if anything ever does come and we're persecuted to that level, we still have the word of God. The word of God can still go forward regardless of anything else around us. History and the Bible have proven that all the resources and things that we can muster up is not enough to get us through a time of crisis. But it's during that crisis, it's during that times of persecution that we need that inner strength. We need that peace of God that passes all understanding. And we need to have that personal relationship with Jesus Christ. So as we wrap things up here this morning, and you consider these thoughts, I want to leave you with uh, this uh, final verse here from Isaiah 55, 6 and 7. It says, Seek the Lord while you may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Folks, God is looking for men and women today who will stand up, stand in the gap, that will fulfill the plan and purpose that he has for, for them, for you. He has a specific plan and purpose for you. Do you know what that is? Are you trusting him? Are you going where he's leading you? Are you speaking the words he wants you to speak? Are you being that testimony he wants you to be in the place where he's called you to be? Are you one of them? Will you be one of them? Do you have that perfect peace? Are you persistent in prayer? Will you do your part in propagating the gospel and spreading the gospel? As we prepare for a time of invitation this morning, if you're able, please stand with me with your heads bowed and eyes closed as the pianist comes and plays a hymn of invitation. The Lord spoke to you this morning in some way. Don't quench the Holy Spirit, folks. Maybe you're here this morning and you've never dealt with the sin in your life. Maybe you've been searching for that perfect peace, but you've not found it. You felt chained down to your sin, thinking there's no way out. Everything is stacked up against me and you're tired of fighting. You're tired of faking. If that's you this morning, God wants to show up in your life. If you've been searching for, Lord, what is your plan and purpose for me? What do you want me to do? Where do you want me to be? Let him lead you. Let him show you what that is. God wants to show himself mighty in your life. But the only way to have that perfect peace is to trust him, to walk with God, to know him. If that's you this morning, step out from where you are. Come to the old-fashioned altar. Cry out to God. Let him know your cares. Cast your burdens, your cares upon him. He cares for you. Maybe the Lord spoke to you this morning about doing more to share the gospel, being more bold during these times of persecution, these times of crisis. Maybe he impressed upon your heart to be more persistent in prayer for others. Whatever the need is this morning, folks, the altar's open. 
Step out as the Holy Spirit leads and do business with God this morning.